developed a chronic immune issue actually. And that's when all of a sudden I woke up to the fact that I was on the verge of burnout and it was that I needed to take action. Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Jam with Jen. Today, I have on Gret Batchelor, who is the co-founder of Conscious Working. Gret had a success, successful career as a senior fashion industry executive spanning 20 years. During that time, she started to develop her own daily rituals to alleviate stress and maintain balance. She incorporated yoga, meditation, and a sustainable lifestyle Over time, these practices and rituals became the foundation for her philosophy and methodology for conscious working. Gret's mission is to establish well-being as fundamental fundamental to doing good business. So welcome, Gret. Oh, hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to hear your story and your mission with your company and what I guess, how you made that pivot and transition in your life. So if you want to share a little bit about yourself and, you know, conscious working and the mission behind it, that would be great. Sure. So I, as my bio says, as the intro said, um, I had 20 years in the fashion industry and it was an industry that I was really passionate about. I actually did my MBA in hospitality management, but I was living with someone who worked in fashion who took me to my first runway show in Paris. And I was just enamored. And I was like, fashion is for me. And I worked my way up. I was very ambitious and hardworking. And it took me from New York to Paris and then to London, um, where I lived for almost 15 years. And I continued to progress within my career and got to a point that I thought was my dream job. And I had a team across Europe. I was running a budget of 300 million euros. I was on the plane almost every week. I was not spending as much time with my family as I wanted to. And I slowly started to go down that exhaustion funnel and things that were really easy and what that seemed normal were all of a sudden taking a lot more time. Um, My I was getting a little bit, which I was just off center. I was completely off center and I developed a chronic immune issue actually. And that's when all of a sudden I woke up to the fact that I was on the verge of burnout and it was that I needed to take action and that I actually had the control of over my own health and well-being. And so I really started to look at my own practices yoga, meditation. I started to meditate. I didn't meditate before that point, but I got to a point where I was like, I will try anything to make myself feel better. Um, I looked at my sleep. I used to think five hours for me was fine. No one should sleep five hours. Everyone should give themselves a little bit more time than five hours. Um, and I looked at my diet. So I really looked at my overall well-being holistically. And within a few months, I started to feel more like myself and things were much more clear. I had greater perspective. And I also at the same time realized that I wasn't aligned with the fashion industry anymore. And that wasn't any fault of any company or any business. It was just, 
all of a sudden, because I got clear on my own values, I got really clear on where I should be directing my attention. So fast forward, I I ended up leaving the fashion industry, COVID hit, my world sort of changed and I had this time to think about what do I really wanna put out in the world? And it was at a time when my own burnout was very, like it, ha- it had been very strong in my, in my past few years of working. And then COVID was there and it was clear that that was actually gonna be changing how people work and what businesses should be doing to support their employees. So my husband, who is my co-founder, actually we had the conversation around how do we get businesses to think about well-being and think about well-being and using it as a strategy, embedding mm-hmm. well-being as culture of the company within their business to really support their employees so that their employees can show up fully and wholly to do their best job um, and do the work that they needed. So we, so we set up conscious working through COVID um, complete pivot from my fashion career, especially having been a senior executive where I had people, a big team and lots of support to all of a sudden transition to something that I'm super passionate about, but also doing everything for myself. So it was a big, it was a yeah. big change, but a worthwhile change. Yeah. I can't even imagine doing that type of pivot. I mean, I started out in the corporate corporate world and also like was reaching like burnout, felt exhausted, like not healthy, um, having a bunch of like health issues. And I feel like that is considered normal sometimes and it shouldn't like feeling, feeling sick is not normal. No, it's not normal. And the problem is that, I mean, you're probably a little bit younger than me, but it's just not talked about either. There is still a stigma. I think people are getting there that they're able to communicate with their direct line managers. I didn't feel comfortable at that time because I just felt like it was my fault in a way mm-hmm. that I was, it, this was, this is something I should be able to control. I wasn't resilient enough. I wasn't strong enough. And that's so far from the fact. Um, but that was how I was feeling. And I wasn't able to communicate it. Had I been able to communicate to my line manager, to the CEO, to the people that I was reporting into, then I might've been able to work my way through it and make some changes within the actual work world. Um, But at that point I wasn't. And in fact, I actually wasn't aligned with the industry anymore, but some people are, and they get to a point where they actually walk away from something they love when they might not need to. And so what we're trying to do is address that and try to get businesses to be a bit more proactive. And part of well-being is, being able to have those conversations, having strong working relationships that you can communicate, whether it's peer to peer or um, upward to senior management or or down to your um, to your direct team, and showing a little bit of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So through that pivot of leaving the fashion industry, moving into this more, did you and your husband have support from anybody creating conscious working? Um, I think people thought we might be a little bit crazy, to be honest. (laughs) It's like, what? You're leaving something that is secure? And why are you doing that? This is like a complete change. Even though they, I think people recognize that it was something I felt really passionate about. Most people don't take those big leaps because Mm -hmm. they they need the comfort or they need the security. Um, I had worked with a professional coach through the past few, the past years of my career, towards the end of my career. 
um, in fashion. And actually she was a big support. Like, even though she, I worked with her through my corporate career at the end, she actually became a friend and was actually really helpful as I transitioned, um, in setting up the business. And then I also did my yoga teacher training. Yoga is a big part of my everyday life. And actually my yoga teachers, um, were very, very integral to that transition. Just like a lot of the yoga teachings, people think it's about flexibility and postures. It's actually mm -hmm. what you learn on the mat is so integral to what you take off the mat. And so lots of my, my yoga teachers were actually really supportive throughout that time period. I love that because I mean, when I, when I was leaving corporate world, I like turned to a bunch of podcasts and I've talked about this in other ones too, but I turned to podcasts or other areas where I felt like I could see other people making that pivot in their lives and leaving behind what we think is safe. Um, and I think that it can be scary sometimes for people and you will get the critics of like, yes, you're, you're crazy for doing this. But I always said like, they don't have to wake up and wear your shoes every day. So you have to like make that change for yourself. Yeah. And you know, what feels right. And people have asked yeah. me that too. Like, how did you know when the right time to leave was. And some people, it, it did take me a little bit of time. I did not yeah. just leave the industry right away. I had a little bit of a transition mm -hmm. um, into, another, into another fashion job that ended up not happening because of COVID. But the whole time I was in that role, there was something inside of me saying, this is still not the right thing for you. And that's when I was like, okay, I, I need to take this sign. There was something deep down that is urging me to move away from the industry. Mm -hmm. so, um, but yeah, people, I think get, they're definitely fearful of making that big leap, but when you know, you do all you do know, and it's being open to the signs. I actually was just speaking to someone that I um, worked with that was in HR within, um, at the company I'd been working at in fashion. And she transitioned to be a life coach and help people through transformation. In fact, yeah. And we were just talking about the power of a group and actually listening to podcasts and being part of a group program is actually so good. Sometimes we think you only get things if it's one-to-one, -one, but mm -hmm. when you share with other people and learn from other people, you think, okay, I'm not in this alone. I'm not the only one that's making this big change. That's why what you're doing is so, is so great that people can hear other stories that makes them feel like, okay, other people have made transitions like this and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I just, that, that's the big thing is as long as people have support, um, and that they feel like they're not alone through, through the journeys, um, because it can be challenging. Um, sometimes like family will even criticize you or question what you're doing because it's out of love and they want to make sure that you're safe. But, um, yeah, because I think, I don't know, but I grew up in a very um, traditional family setting. So you, you know, you have a job, you typically stay at your job for a long period of time, you develop there, you have the security, and then you've got your pension or you have your 401k and great. Um, mm -hmm. My parents were surprised even just transitioning from one corporate company to another corporate company, forget like going off to start your own you know, be an entrepreneur, start your own business. Um, and it, it is a little bit like, you know, what's going to happen. You go from having other people supporting you in the day to day, whereas now I'm doing a lot of things on my own. And so I've had to work through, um, 
when can I ask for help? When is it right to hire someone? When is it right to hand this bit of work off to someone else? Um, and they're all things that have evolved over time. Mm-hmm. What do you think has been the most challenging through this pivot? Oh, my most challenging is really trying to nail down the niche. Do you want to be able to help everyone? I want to be able to go to every business and every person. And actually that's just not possible. Like we are a small business right now. Could we really help the, like the biggest corporation out there? Probably not because we don't have the bandwidth. Do I want to, do I have the ambition? Yes. But initially I was spreading myself way too thin and I was trying to be everything to everyone. And I realized that actually we're much more successful and I'm much better off when we're able to focus on a core audience and really identify who that core audience is and know what their pain points are and know what they're actually looking to address. So we work with small to medium-sized businesses and businesses that already have a little bit of um, well be focus on well-being and mm-hmm. the leadership is supportive of it. What we found that when we've worked with businesses that don't have leadership support, it's just an HR project that actually it doesn't really work. And so there's a lot more um, that you need to get through, a lot more hoops you need to jump through to actually make any sort of change. So we really try to start at the top with the leadership and partner with them so that it's led from the top down, but then grassroots, the employees um, are able to contribute as well. So biggest challenge is nailing down the niche of who the main audience is and understanding their pain points so we can give them and service them in a way that they need. Yeah, perfect. What do you think has been the most rewarding? Oh, being able to define my own schedule. Oh, (sighs) I mean, that doesn't mean I'm such a hard worker and I'm so, I, so many ideas are coming to me. I never used to think I was creative. It's funny when you like, you're raised in a certain way and you just think, well, creativity is about art being artistic or drawing, which is not my skill set. But all of a sudden, now that I have my own business, all my creativity is coming and I have all these ideas and big dreams of where it's going to go. Um, and it's trying to sort of focus it all, but being able to have my own direction on my schedule is really, really a blessing, especially when you have a family, when you have children, being able to drop them off at school and pick them mm-hmm. up, something that I wasn't able to do when I was in my corporate career because I was traveling almost every week. So being the dictator of my schedule. Yeah, that I mean, I also feel that like having that like freedom to kind of make changes or if like you were telling me before I hit record, like you guys just moved to Portugal. So like having that freedom to even move is is awesome. Oh my gosh. That was great. We can work from anywhere. My husband actually also has his own um, communications agency. He could have moved five years ago when he set that up. Obviously we didn't because I had my corporate Mm -hmm. career, but um. It, it took him five years actually to realize he could work from anywhere. And then throughout lockdown, when everyone was working hybrid or working remotely, that's when we both at the same time were like, okay, it's the time we can work from absolutely anywhere. What do we want? We want sunshine. We want to be near the sea. We want to give our boys a bit of an European adventure. So we came to Portugal. I love that. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit more about like conscious working, who you work with. Like, is it, you had kind of talked that you have a tribe visit and then do you do some one-on-one work too? Yep. 
So conscious working is our main business and we've got a few different um, services within it. So our main, um, we mainly work with businesses, corporate businesses that um, small to medium size for the most part. And we have a few different ways of working with them. So we'll go in, we'll do an audit of mm-hmm. what's happening. How are they working with their employees right now? What is What do their employees need in terms of well-being? Do their employees feel looked after? When we go in, a lot of the time we recognize that the employers think one thing and that actually what's coming out of the wash, the employees have a totally different need within um, the organization when it comes to well-being. Um, So doing that initial audit is really important. So we would always start with that. Sometimes that's the only thing that we would do. In an ideal world, we then continue on and have a retained partnership and we would identify, so using the audit, identify a game plan for the next six to 12 months. And then we'd roll out that game plan with them. So really handhold the leadership so that they are, um, have a common language around well-being, And then we work it down to s- specific values and behaviors, how those values are, um, are acted out within the organization. And once the leadership is really solid with the purpose of well-being and what it means and what it means for the organization, we then roll it out to the broader, the broader employee population. We also, that's like the full offer. Then we also could do just project work. So we do webinar series, um, workshop series. We have an extensive network of experts that we actually can call in based on specific needs of organizations. Um, And then we also have launched a membership, something that I feel really um, connected to, something I've always wanted to do and was a little bit Mm -hmm. like, oh, are we ready yet? Are we not ready? Um, But we just launched it. It's tiny right now but we have big ambitions for it. And we're selling that into corporates as an offer. And we've realized instead of a gym membership, why Mm -hmm. not have this well-being membership? And it's a way for employees to tap into a broad range of well-being practices and initiatives across mind, body, planet, which are our three pillars. So mind is obviously addressing mental health, body, physical health, which includes sleep, diet, nutrition, hydration, and exercise. Um, And then Planet addresses sustainable living, but also relationships, community. So we have tribe membership. There's lots of pre-recorded content on there, as well as um, weekly yoga practices that you can join live. And we're building out the community um, so that we'll have gatherings every month for people to come together. And um, we have two new series on there, one about conscious leaders. So we, every month we invite a conscious leader to come and have a conversation with the group. So we run it as more of a podcast, but it's, pri- it's a private podcast. And then we have an expert interview. So someone could be talking about um, functional medicine. How do you address immunity at this time mm-hmm. of year? How can we, and then we might have a chef that builds a recipe off the back of that. So there's lots of different bits of content because well-being is holistic and that is really what we want to push that it is not just one thing we all need to be looking after ourselves in a in a very holistic way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Um and it I mean everything works together. So if mental health is off, that can throw off gut health and all of the different things that can cause like stress in our body. So all of those pillars are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, And actually stress is the number 
Work is the number one cause of stress these days. It's not financial insecurity. It is work. And work is giving so many people more stress than is needed. And there's so many ways that we can address that really easily. One is just being more mindful, like noticing that you're having stress. So what are your triggers? Mm-hmm. And come and you can come back to your breath, come back to the sensation of like your feet touching the ground. You're just something to ground you. Um, and we give these little tools, they are little tools and techniques that people can tap into. And people don't necessarily, especially in the business world, they don't have hours to practice well-being and to focus on themselves, but you don't need hours necessarily. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need a few minutes. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of our recorded content is bite-sized so that people know they can do it within the working day. That's perfect. I, being in Wisconsin, like some of the grounding techniques can be harder, like getting out and getting your feet on the ground and everything. So I'm always like, try doing breath work then if you can't get out in nature because it's too cold, but yeah, I love all those bite-sized things. Yeah. Ground, even just like feeling your feet on the ground, touching your feet, like it doesn't have to be outside, but just standing and really feeling your feet touching whatever's beneath you or your hands. I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle. Um, And he talks about, you know, close your eyes and see if you can feel your hands. And I remember first reading, I was like, what is he talking about? But now I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Can you feel your hands and what's happening in there without moving them? Like, can you just start to feel the flow of energy? And once you start to get that connection, it's like where your attention goes, your energy flows. Mm -hmm. And that's within your body, but also in everyday life. I'm focusing on the stress that I have then of course, that's where all my energy is going to go and it's going to make it even worse. So how can we, what tools can we employ to actually calm that and bring us back to right here, right now? Yeah. Do you know, or have you ever um, heard of Joe Dispenza? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I would love I'll... to do one of his tr- retreats. It's on yes. my bucket list. <laughs> Same. It is. Um, I've been like watching there's two later on this year. Well, there's three, but I think one of them wouldn't work for me. And I've been like, it's on my bucket list too. And that's like my big goal is this year to go to one of them. Oh, tell me which one you're going to. I'm going to look uh, into it. I can't yeah. do it this year, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to let you know if I, if I make yeah. it otherwise, but it's, it's on my bucket list too. And I do some of his meditation where you like feel the energy through, um, feeling it within your body. Yeah. And it's, he's really, he uses all the science, which especially for our clients, meditation can sometimes be a little bit hippie woo woo. And it's not my meditation teacher came from a corporate background and she talks about the science all the time. And Joe Dispenza talks about Mm -hmm. the science because there's so much science out there on why meditation is good for all of us and how it impacts our brain and how it can help us across so many different things. I mean, it helps with sleep. It helps us build immunity. It helps with creativity. Um, it allows us to be much more present and connected. I mean, we can go on and on, but there's so many benefits. And that's the one thing mm-hmm. I think if there was one thing I suggested to anyone, it's build a meditation practice. That's consistent. doesn't have to be a long period of time, but a yeah. few minutes a day, um, will do wonders for you over time. Yes, I completely agree. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back to your five-year-old self, is there anything that you would tell her? I would tell her to chill out. I was, and I recognize it now, 
I, I am ambitious. So I, I don't, wouldn't want to take that away because I think that's good. I was always so concerned with what people thought of me. I've been such a people pleaser my whole life and always concerned that I was doing the right things for other people that actually, I probably would have made a lot more changes earlier on, but I was concerned about what people would think of me and was I, was that right for someone else? So I would tell her, do you, Grant, do you, and that's fine. And that's what I tell my yoga students. I teach yoga too. So, and it's one, I love it. And my favorite phrase is you do you. I'm just the secondary teacher. Like you are your own teacher. So listen to what your body says and do what feels right for you. And that's what I would have told five-year-old Gret. I love it. Um, Yeah. I one time was talking to a coach and he was like, yes, I'm a recovering people pleaser. And I just thought that was the funniest thing because I was like, yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd love to say I'm totally recovered, yeah, but I'm same. not. <laughs> yep. I am with you. It's a work in progress. Yep. Um, are there any books or podcasts that you recommend? Yes. I was thinking about this actually. Okay. So they all sort of intersect. And you said that you listened to a lot of podcasts through your transition transformation. Yeah. I yeah. did too. It was like, And one led to another, led to another that actually has been so, and it just makes you realize how connected everything is. Mm -hmm. So I love Eckhart Tolle. I think he's amazing. He wrote The Power of Now, but that's not my favorite book of his. My favorite book of his is A New Earth. And it's, it's incredible. And if you have trouble reading it, you can also listen to the podcast he did with um, Oprah Winfrey, Super Soul Conversations. And they did a 10 week a new earth book club. So every week they did a chapter and both, I love super soul conversations as a podcast and Eckhart Tolle new earth is definitely a book to read. Um, I am also a big fan. I'm have learned a lot from Alex Stewart, who is the founder of low tox life and the low tox club. And she has a book called low tox life, which is all about getting the toxins out of your life. She's very instrumental as I was trying to become more sustainable. Um, so she has a book, low tox, low tox life. And I had one more book I wanted to share with you. And now I'm totally forget. Oh, the 5am club, 5am club by Robin Sharma. Okay. I've always been, a, I've always been a morning person. Um, but figuring out how to create a morning routine that works and why it's so important. And he turns it into a fun story. That's um, it's a, I mean, it's a fictional story, but it's based on how he has worked with entrepreneurs and CEOs. He's a, he's a big coach in the U S. So yeah, the 5am club. Okay. I haven't heard of the 5am club book, so I'll have to look into that one. I mean, basically get up at 5am before everyone else does. And, and, he sort of creates a plan for the day, but in that hour at 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., do these things for you and they set you up for the day. Yeah. But it's a fictional I, story. It makes it fun. Okay. I am a big believer of waking up early. I, I mean, I love waking up early when nobody else is up and getting my stuff done Me first. Me too. What time do you get up? Um, usually between 5 and 5.15. Yeah. You're a little earlier than me. I get up at 5.45. Yeah. 545, but when it's quiet. Yeah. I am also completing hard 75 or 75 hard right now. So I have getting in the workouts with that. I needed to get up a little bit earlier. Otherwise I was always like a 530, 545 type person. So it just gave me a little bit more wiggle room to get that workout in. Yeah. Um, 
But what, um, do you have any other piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience with? I think like, if you're looking to make a change, be mindful about it. Like it doesn't, you don't have to make that instantaneous jump. You need to feel what's right. And obviously your audience, Jen is, you know, they're looking for transformation or at that point where they might be considering it. Um, There's other people that have gone along the same path and hearing other people's stories and taking steps. Like what is, what feels right for you, I think is really important. Um, But hearing how other people might've taken steps it didn't necessarily all change overnight and that's fine, but take steps mm-hmm. and start to plan, um, start to plan towards what you want to do would be Perfect. my advice. Yeah. I love that so much. Anything else you'd like to share or less things? Look into tribe membership, everyone. So tribe is our growing community of amazing people. And actually, if you need a network of a support network, as you're going through your transitions, um, this is an amazing group of people that are interested in well-being. And actually, when you feel whole, you will know when the right time is to make your change. So getting that support and also feeling well in your body across mind, body, and planet um, will help you during your transition. So look into Tribe. You can find it on consciousworking.co, just CO. Jen, I'll give you all the information so you can pass it on. But we'd love to welcome any of your audience. Perfect. And you're on Instagram as well. We're on Instagram. Um, for, uh, at, we are at, we are conscious working. Um, yeah. and then I have my personal at Gret bachelor. I use both, um, and Perfect. on LinkedIn and on LinkedIn okay. with conscious working. Awesome. And I will link all of that up in the show notes as well. Thank okay. you so much, Gret, for jumping on today. Pleasure. It's really nice. Thank you so much. And you're doing amazing things. Good for you for sharing stories like this. Well, thank you. so much for listening through another episode of jamming with jen if you'd like to connect more reach out to me on instagram at dr jen forstner and make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast so that you're always up to date with what's going on